So Here poop. We go. Nope. No, yeah. Dan, no poop. Brown now. collar. Stop it. Brown collar. <laughs> oh. If you have brown collar, you can get it out with a little bit of lemon juice. I thought Jon Snow figured out like what keeps us from getting brown collar in modern life. It's a bad Oh, joke. different yeah. Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. I know. The one that drank a, a cholera smoothie. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Use lemon juice. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Let's start. No, the but episode. like for real. <laughs> Bring us back in, Liz. Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance, make believe money. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Uh, Dan, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, the show White Collar, oh. specifically the pilot. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, so we don't have to go deep in the lore. Okay, cool. Um, there's just... As you would imagine, we'll get into plot in a second, but it, a show about a lot of white-collar crime involves a lot of money. Sure. So pretty easy to talk about. All right. Cool. Let's dig deep. Go right to the plot. Sure. Here's what I know. <laughs> a man with shark eyes is a criminal, <laughs> and he knows Bruce Campbell. And together, they and a pretty lady solve <laughs> mysteries. No. <laughs> no. So... I don't want to do ratings. Wait, is Bruce Campbell in this show? No. Which one am I? Oh, burn notice. <laughs> you guys, I don't know this show at all. I thought, okay. Uh, so I don't want to do ratings for Liz. I'm going to say it's a negative three. But it ain't I've seen good. three episodes of burn notice. <laughs> <laughs> so who's in this one? Because I've seen Evil Dead. Um, <laughs> no, for real though, what, what is the show? I don't know at all. Damon, do you want to give a little bit of a plot? Because pretty much Liz is out there a doing her best. White collar criminal who is uh, a television that guy. Does he of. also have shark eyes? Not as much Not as really. the guy from Burn Notice. That no. guy's got shark eyes. He does. Okay. Um, His name is Matt Bomber. Oh, you know he has dead eyes. Eh. He's been in lots of stuff. He's a. a very attractive. Some superhero or something recently. Very. Let's see. Mm-hmm. What was he in? He's in Doom Patrol. Who's he going to be in Doom Patrol? Uh, Negative Man. No. You know that? No, not really. Okay. Doom Patrol is this thing that DC holds up and says that, like, Stan Lee copied it for the X-Men when, like... No. No. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He's um, in, uh, he was in the Magnificent Seven, the more recent one. Sure, there was something like before, just before that, that like he is just like so TV that like he. But he's a TV he was like guy. movie big for a hot second because he's like very pretty. He was. Uh, in he was in um, Magic Mike. There it is. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay. Because he thinking. is very pretty. And, you know, his own kind of superhero. <laughs> but anyway, this this very <laughs> pretty man. Superhero to my loins. <laughs> Not him in particular. Mike Manjanajanajano. That's that's what I'm all about. <laughs> so, Damon, what's this about? <laughs> uh, so that very pretty man um, is a, uh, a white-collar criminal. Specifically, he is a document and art forger, right? Yeah, and bond forgery. And bond forgery. Is this just show Meghan Markle's in? 
No, she's, no in that's, suits. she's in suits. Jesus Christ. Boy, Liz. So I know all the You're other swinging. TBS You're shows. You're swinging, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he and his brother uh, saw, uh, help rich people uh, bitch. <laughs> uh, treat their medical maladies on Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> is that the doctor with the yeah, the Hawaiian that's royal pains? Royal that's pains. Royal They're all the same I, I show. I knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> They're like random shark-eyed hot guy does no. something in the tropics. <laughs> no, but he's a he's a document and fine art forger who is captured by the FBI, and in order to serve his sentence, he has to act as a crime consultant, I guess, to help them figure out other white collar crimes all the while trying to deftly do his own white collar crimes without them detecting them. Um, and, uh, having the moral conundrum of not doing so because he becomes best friends with his, uh, detective buddy. Sure. So this is basically the same plot as the 99 good deeds of Eddie McDowd. Kind of, except he doesn't He's get turned into a dog. <laughs> Oh, well, also, this that. series ends, and Did Eddie's not just season like season four. I've not. Neil Caffrey gets turned into a dog. Huh? It's weird. That's the only happen, season I've clear. seen. That's the only season I've seen. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, that sounds like a fun show that I've never seen. <laughs> totally thought I had. So, Liz, what's your rating? Oh, like I said, I'm gonna say negative three because I've seen three episodes. Of, no, negative four. I've seen three episodes of Burn Notice and I watched Meghan Markle get married. <laughs> None of those are related to white collar at all. Correct. Um, so in college, uh, I got the USA Network really clearly on my television. Mm-hmm. So I watched a lot of these, like not with any intent. Uh, just they were on. Yeah, just they were on uh, when uh, Special Victims Unit wasn't on. So. Oh, God. Which means these weren't on. Also true. I gotta Special say, Victims Unit is always on. Right. I gotta say, Special Victims Unit is one of those shows that, like, everybody watches, but maybe no one should, because it's just so ripped from the headlines dark. Yeah, it's not great. You're like, I don't like it. And it, like, it increases your... So this is actually uh, what's called availability bias, or confirmation bias. People probably think there are more heinous crimes in the world than there are, because we make so much TV and movies about them. Yeah. Your odds of getting murdered are incredibly low. Especially by someone you don't know. Especially by someone you don't know are astronomically low. Right. I was You're probably say, fine. And yet, <laughs> like, every show is like, yeah, they met somebody in the street and who looked at them sideways, and so they shot them. It's like, that right. doesn't that really happen. Yeah. Las Vegas often, is like, like a sixth of the size of Chicago, and yet it apparently there are at least 22, like, heinous murders Every year, SVU takes place in. No, uh, I'm talking about CSI, CSI. right yeah. now. Okay, but like there are but at yes. least 22 heinous murders <laughs> every year. Every year, yeah. And then yeah, their then murder rate like would be dark like zone yeah. the their murder rate months. would be like six percent, which is not a thing that exists. I will say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I mean, not like, murders. I mean, no. I not so much murders. Not murders not and not murders. Oh yeah. Well, then not why did we make an all big deal about that cat? That ate, you know, that magician's face. That didn't stay in Vegas. That's true. That face stayed in Vegas. That face, <laughs> that face stayed in the tiger. In Vegas yeah. <laughs> for a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Roy. Was it Roy or was it Siegfried? I don't remember. I believe it was That's Roy. why I said that magician, because that I magician. couldn't remember which one got their one face the eaten. One of two of them. He's okay now, though. I think. It is a long road to recovery. Fabio yeah. yes. got hit in the face by a swan once, and he's okay now. <laughs> 
So I just hope Sigrid and or Roy are doing fine. Yes, I would say, I think if I could think of two, the most two equivalent injuries in the world, it's getting hit in the face with a swan or having a tiger now, eat your face. Now, on remember, a, you were roller on a roller coaster. coaster. <laughs> so this is like, it was like an SAT question. <laughs> like, Whatever. If you're going this swan is going 10 miles an hour and your face is going 30 miles an hour at a roller coaster at an angle, at what point do they meet? <laughs> and and how much damage is with done? A swan? <laughs> Oh, God. Poor the Fabio. Tiger, and if a tiger can leap at 30 miles an hour, but you're standing still, how much of your face gets eaten? All of it. The whole thing. Um, <laughs> do you know that Fabio started, like, a charity for people who have been hit in the face by birds? That's not a lie. <laughs> and they laugh. I mean, I imagine, like, for the very few people that has happened to, it's a serious thing that needs some money. And an incredibly nice cause, but... But Fabio, a little bit It does feel niche. like Fabio has to be like, I've got $2 million. I hope somebody gets hit in the face because somebody needs this money and I don't know who else I'm going to give it to. <laughs> the these sick, kid, these sick kids out. over there are not getting my bird in face money. This is bird in face money. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your cancer money later. This is bird in face money. <laughs> Do you think that happens like all the time? Like, I bet more often it's like than we'd the be The one with. time that a famous person was on like the inaugural like track of a roller coaster. <laughs> And they got hit by a bird. It actually happens to everyone at least once. We just don't think so because they don't make TV shows about it. I think it was significant. Everyone swallows eight spiders and gets hit in the face six (laughs) or seven times with a bird. We did watch a defunct plane about it. I think it it may not have been the inaugural. It may have been like a rebranding inaugural. He was there for a special event with a bunch of models. Yeah. And they were all riding those roller coasters. (laughs) He got hit in the face by a bird, which is so funny. He should have just expanded it out to like amusement park injuries because there are a whole lot of people in the amusement park that was yeah. closest to my house as a kid who like got their ankles just taken off by one of those like vertical tower drop things. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Traction Park? No. You keep trying to think that I went to Traction Park as a kid. <laughs> I just know it's in New Jersey. That's it, all I know. It is in New Jersey. I'm talking about um, Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom. They had a ride called Shout The Dominator. Out to you. Feel free to sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom almost murdered a bunch of people. But please <laughs> feel free to sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> We'll give some percentage of the money you donate back to the poor ankleless victims. <laughs> this is making me think of in King of the Hill, his dad had to have his like calves removed, so they just attach his, his ankle his shins, so they just yeah. attach his ankles to his knees and they call him ankies. <laughs> <laughs> or Nickels, but either way. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. so what about What's your rating, Dan? Tell me more deep. about this show. Did you rate Dan? What's your Oh, you said you I said saw that I watched it, it because it came to your college. I don't know if yes. you have a, a number. I got it. I got it. I got USA in real clear back when <laughs> back in college. Um, so I watched a fair amount of it, not an, nearly enough to follow the plot. I watched like two of I think like nine seasons of this show. Wow, um, I ran for quite a while. And uh, for all of that, I would give myself like a three because like I can't tell you a single character's name. Was this I the can, kind of show that like would not really build a story? It was kind of episodic. They episodic arc serial season, to the season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so each things season would have him. like one. Each episode has an arc. A plot, and then there's a B plot that is like one twenty second of the season long plot. Okay. Yeah. Like so, for one example, when he first gets out, it's to like he had a girlfriend who was gonna wait for him, and then wound up not, and you it. Turns out she's in danger, so he's, like, trying to find her on the side. And okay. he's, like, told not to because he's got an anklet. And, like, you can't leave this couple-mile radius, so if you go looking for her, you'll go back to jail. But he's, like, solving crimes while trying to resolve that. And then 
I don't really remember what happens. Uh, so my rating, what did you say, Damon? Did you say a number? Sorry. I said three. My rating's probably like a five. I think I watched, if not all of them, at least the first four or five seasons. I had a friend who quite liked it, and I liked it as well. I mean, it wasn't the world's best art, but it's entertaining, sure. and it's worth a watch. But, but like, yeah, every season, I don't remember what happened in that arc, but, like, there were arcs by season, basically, sure. and then episodic within that. Would you watch it with purpose or just because it was on? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. It's like, I watched this one... Um, for this and I kind of Megan watched it with me and she was like this is enjoyable and it's one of those things that like I would not have any fear about getting up and doing something and not missing and missing important. part of the episode like that it's not a thing I'd sit down and need to be riveted by but it would hold my attention it's also not like I would feel like oh it's on I should go up and do laundry like I could watch a full one and be entertained okay but if the doorbell rang, I'm not going to go back or pause it sure. to go answer the door. I would say that I think missing 10 minutes of this is a lot more troublesome than missing 30 minutes of an NCIS. That I would agree with. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I've missed seven or eight years of NCIS, and I don't think I've missed much. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Truly. Mark Harmon, is he okay? <laughs> he's doing great. I mean, he's doing great, but like, is he okay? <laughs> He's built a lot of boats on that show. So Did he he builds boats. Yeah, yeah. That show was in like he's the Navy. <laughs> no, like he just likes boats. Yeah. Is that yeah. a like? Um, I don't know how he's gonna get out of that basement though. Like, <laughs> it's all boarded up with boats. Yeah. Uh, is that like a Parks and Rec where he actually is a woodworker in real life and they like to show it, or is this just a thing they've made his character like to do and now that's the well they keep returning to? I'm gonna say I, this is the thing they made this character yeah. do because I've only ever seen him plane wood. That's like fair. hand planing wood, like hand planing wood. Yes. I also would and imagine they don't have him do complex technical explanations like they have Ron Swanson where he's right. like explaining and then and he actually made the things he's holding right. up. right and it's just off his dome. They said talk about some woodworking things and he just says things off the dome because right. he knows them very very well. I also imagine that Mark Harmon's like number one hobby is bourbon. So, <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, you know he seems a little pickled. Uh, I've never seen him planing bourbon, I'll give you that. You can't really plane bourbon. <laughs> you I can, can have plain it neat. bourbon. <laughs> uh, okay. So. so, just very quickly, since our ratings suggest that, and I watched this recently for this, this first episode, um, it's like the he gets out of jail on a trial run to see if he can be of enough value to the Bureau that he should be on this permanent work release helping them catch white-collar criminals. Mm -hmm. There's a criminal who you find out, spoilers ahead for something I think came out in 2009 or 11 or something, so hold on to your, hold on to your uh, butts, everybody. <laughs> hold uh, on to your shiny metallic fabric butts. Yes. Um, but anyway, and it turns out this guy is trying to copy some war bonds that they figure out because he's like, importing books that have a very specific type of old paper that he needs to do this and then like, like oh. da, 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 okay da. so i won't go too far into that but that's basically just what i wanted to kind of need that for us to talk about the money okay because basically we're going back to our old friend bearer bonds do you guys uh, remember bearer Barry bonds, bonds. Yeah. i love Barry bonds <laughs> of diehard fame and i'm trying to, i think they were in something else too yes we talk, we've talked about Bonds more than once, at least. Talked I don't about know about Bonds Barry more Bonds, than though. once, but specifically 
uh, but definitely bear bonds. We talk yeah. about diehard because they are the type of bonds. If you remember, most bonds, right. it's I agree to pay Liz five percent interest for five years and give her a thousand dollars back. Bearer bonds are the ones that are I agree to give whomever is holding this bond X amount. So it's just if you own it, you Acres. own it, or if you like you have it in your possession, capture the flag, and whoever at the end has it is the one that gives the money. Correct. Did we decide? That's not null and void if you're a terrorist and you take it. I mean, you. I mean, you couldn't walk into a New York bank because you'd be arrested for being a terrorist. Right. But like, no, you but could in theory go through some intermediary to collect it, and nobody. And would it's be just the finders keepers. Right. You can also just give it to them. In the same way, I couldn't right. like murder someone and then go up and like collect a paycheck from my boss because they'd send me to jail. Right. But like right. in theory, you could do something. Like, again, intermediary or LLC or something to collect this money. Uh, it is yours because you have it. If you own a bearer bond, if you are the holder of a bearer bond, in theory, legally, then, yes, you are entitled to the payment. All right. Not to rehash Die Hard. Go on. Which is why in Die Hard, that one wasn't that they still had it. It was just more that... Those bear bonds all got destroyed, destroyed. <laughs> and it probably cost them whatever they were trying to steal to stop them from stealing it because they destroyed all those bear bonds. That's super dumb. <laughs> that movie's stupid. <laughs> so, um, in this, so let's talk about what this silliness is in this one. Yeah. In this episode, they are in, he is trying to forge this, this bad guy is trying to forge what they call 1944. Spanish victory bonds, which were bonds that they said were made to support an uprising in Spain to overthrow the fascist government, um, which... That didn't work out. Well, it's, it's not a real thing. I mean, oh, sure okay. the U.S. was supporting anti-fascist movements in Spain, but it's not a real thing. Um, but they also say so that they could, like, defeat the Nazis. And I was like... Well, Spain did not I, fight with the Nazis. No. I mean, they, they might have provided them some amount of either political or capital support, but, like, they did not send troops. Spain was not in World War II. Yeah, they weren't part of that. But anyway. For better or worse. Yes. They were still super fascist, though. Yes. yes. For much longer, actually. Yeah. Fair. Franco. Franco. You dick. James. <laughs> Franco, comma, James. <laughs> um, but anyway. So in this idea, um, they produced these 1944 bearer bonds to help support the anti-fascist movement in Spain. Sure. They are then lost to history. They disappear somewhere. Mm -hmm. Sure. So this person's plan was to say, hey, we found them in a cave somewhere. I'm turning them in. and I I'm, want the money, please. I, I, money, please. Um, so that's the idea behind it. Okay. And what they tell you is they have 600 sheets of this paper that they uh, have to, like, specialty paper they have to find in these old printed books to make these bearer bonds. Are they taking out, like, the end pages of these books? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So there's, like, a front and back. They basically order copies, I think, of Snow White or Cinderella or something like that that have, like, a, a white cover page and a white back page, and then they're printed on the middle, and they're going to take those front and back pages out and turn them into 
these bonds. Okay. Print Seems them like on these like expensive. paper that was built, but and it was like you know a paper from these books were published in like 1942 or something. So okay, they were using that paper to make it authentic. Was the idea sure? But they said it is a nine uh, percent interest bond, compounded for sixty four years. Okay, so each bond would be worth about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but at six hundred sheets. Would be worth a hundred and fifty million. Okay, that's pretty. That's a pretty good. It's a good payday. It's a good crime. Yeah, right? it's a good crime. Do that crime. Do that crime. <laughs> don't do that crime. Don't do crime. Don't do crime. No, let's go back to don't do that crime. Don't. Okay. There are some crimes. Jaywalking. That's the one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's probably some other crimes too. Uh. Conscientious objection. Is that a crime? I don't think that's technically a crime. Not reporting for the draft is, but like yeah. if you declare and make your case, I think you're okay. I don't do actually you, know. Yeah, I want to know more about how you do that now that it would come up, but like... Yeah, I think we're past it. You and I? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think and it's they don't draft like me. 18 to like what? 25? 26. 26? Cool. We're out. We're all good. We're good. Now's our chance. <laughs> well, you're in school, so you'd be good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a woman. You are. Your uterus would fall My out. My uterus would fall out at the slightest sound of war. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the idea behind it. Here's where it gets silly. The writers of this show know nothing about U.S. bonds. <laughs> okay. Just nothing. Specifically, uh, yeah, savings bonds, basically. Yeah. Go on. U.S. does savings bonds, and they do get one thing right. They are what's called a zero-coupon bonds. So I don't think we've talked about this before. No. So most bonds, you give me $1,000, I give you a $1,000 bond. It pays you 5% interest every year for five years, and then I pay you the $1,000, and we're good. Mm-hmm. In between that time, if you wanted, you could sell that bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and the price does change, because if interest rates are now 3%, I can sell it for more than $100, because you're getting 5%. Right, um, so this bond is more valuable than anything you could go buy on the market. Does that make sense? Wait, no, sorry, no big deal. Interest rates right now are five percent. Okay, I take out a bond that's giving you five percent interest. Sure. So you can, it's going to pay you five percent interest. Two years from now, interest rates are lower, so I can't get a bond that pays five percent interest. Sure. I can only get a bond that pays three percent. Okay. So I want a bond that pays 5%. The only thing I can do is buy it off of you. I have one that pays that. You have it from earlier. Okay. But I have to pay you more than what a, a norm, more than the face value. Because if I just gave you $1,000, you'd be like, well, I could take that $1,000 and go get a 3% bond, but I have 5%. So I want you to give me $110 or $1,010 or whatever <laughs> yeah. to make it equivalent. Right. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And vice versa. Okay. If you have a bond that's 5%, and I could go buy a bond tomorrow that yields 7%. Why would I buy the bond that you want to sell so unless you sell it to me for $900 sure, or something sure, like sure. that? And there's all sorts of fancy formulas that determine how much they're worth. But that's the idea behind it. Okay. That's a normal bond. I okay. think I was getting confused because we've talked before about how sometimes, have we talked before about this? But like a government can change what they're willing to pay back on your bond. Well, again, they'll change interest rates, which sure. means they will change for future bonds. For future bonds, but not the how one much that you they're already... paying. If you hold a bond to its end maturity, 
you will get what's on the face value of the bond. So okay. if it says $1,000, you get 5% every year for three years, and then you get $1,000 back. If tomorrow interest rates go up to 14%, and that bond is only worth $600, but you hold it to the end, the government will give you your $1,000. Okay. They will pay. There are, that, that's just how it works. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of something that we watched about the depression. There are things like in bankruptcy companies mm-hmm. will sometimes pay you less than what you it was originally for because they're in bankruptcy and they don't have the money to pay it out. Mm-hmm. The government has never done that. Okay. Uh, and it's actually super important to our economy. The U.S. government debt is the safest debt in the world. Um, it has been for ever, and that's one of the staples of it. Uh, it's why it's used across the world for a lot of different purposes that you need safety for. So honestly, government shutdowns aren't that scary, but in the event the U.S. would ever default on its debt, it would cause huge problems globally. Mm. So it should and sh- it should not, and if politicians are have half a brain, which I'm not convinced at well, this point, amongst will them. never happen. Like It is incredibly important that we don't let that happen. Shut the government down, fine, but pay your debts. Mm-hmm. Like That's super important for the U.S. government and kind of the world financial system. Anywho, U.S. savings bonds specifically are a different type of bond called a zero-coupon bond. Okay. Which means instead of paying you interest every year, they just sell it at a discount equal to the interest. Okay. Which sounds fancy, but it basically just means if you were going to have a 5% interest rate on a $1,000 bond, you'd get 50 bucks, right? And if you were going to have that for four years, you'd get $200, let's say. Technically, they pay every six months, but I don't want to get it. Let's just say you get $200. Mm -hmm. That's how a normal bond would work. The zero coupon bond, what you'd actually do is you'd just buy it at $800, and it would pay $1,000 at the end. So it's just a little different way to get to the exact same scenario. Okay. Where they're just paid lower, and you get made up at the end. Okay. Does that make sense, more or less? So like the useless savings bond that I got when I graduated from high school... (laughs) For $100 that I will get in 2028. 20, you got $100? I got 50. <laughs> um, Sam's bond for $50. In 2028. Well, it's um, <laughs> uh, Like, somebody put down, like, 60 bucks to get me that bond. Correct. And I will get the full mature. And it's just accumulating One of interest on that 60 bucks basically probably they probably if it's worth a hundred they then yes they probably bought it for some fraction of that and is gaining or they bought a hundred dollars and it'll be worth like 150 when you turn it sure in. but whichever route that i don't know how they market them but probably your matter where yeah they bought it for like 80 bucks and you'll get a hundred in some amount of years that's so dumb. nine just years give me the cash nine years from now that's fair. Yeah. Some amount. <laughs> How was not so wrong. Was it a 20-year bond then? It's a 20-year bond, yeah. Gotcha. So that's the thing. They come in, um, generally, they're issued from 15 to 30 years. Um, and that's, well, well, we'll get there in a second. You can redeem them after 12 months, but if you redeem them earlier than five years and some change, you lose, a, you get pe- penalized, basically. Um you lose some of the interest you would have otherwise gotten because they want them to be long-term savings vehicles. Um, yeah, there's no state or local income income taxes on them, though there is still federal income taxes on them. All interesting, what have you. <laughs> Here's where they get it wrong. 
savings bonds stop generating interest after 30 years. Once they reach their, like... Majority. Yeah. yeah. They're done. That's it. So the whole premise of this thing is that they've compounded for 64 years. So they're all going to be worth $250,000 a piece, and they have 600 of them, and da 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 But no, no, they're worth what they're saying that they're worth. They are worth, in theory, yeah, they'd be worth $1,000 each if they were zero coupon bonds that were going to eventually yield 1000 that were sold at some smaller amount, and they would have hit 1000 over 30 years, and that's and it. And sat there. So you get $600,000. Yep. I mean, that's still a chunk, still quite I guess. a crime. But, no, don't wait, no, but how much are these books that they're buying? They do say they're, like, very cheap. Okay. Like $2 or $3 okay. per. Okay. Um, but again, I'm not saying it's not important, or it's not a, still a decent amount of money. And definitely a crime. And definitely a crime. Don't but, like, crime. they have, like, multiple, multiple people from the FBI on this guy, this criminal mastermind who they've been trying to catch forever for all these frauds. It is seeming a lot more small potatoes. And, like, <laughs> yeah, he'd get a, I mean, he'd be robbing the federal government of $600,000, which, don't get me wrong, in the average person's life, it was a huge amount of money. Yeah. But, like, for the federal government. But the government does that should... to themselves on accident kind yeah, of all like the time. Yeah, like, they roll the wrong kind of pen. Yeah, by yeah. ordering pen caps without pens yeah. or whatever they do, right? <laughs> so, like, this is a, a, a significant crime, don't get me wrong, but, like, that's not how savings bonds work. You can't uh-huh. just put them away and 300 years later take them out and be like, I would like $57 million, please. Well, but they're um, antiques. They probably wouldn't keep up with inflation anyway. They tend not to because they are so incredibly safe. That's why they yield <laughs> so incredibly low. Yeah. Um, historically. Well, high risk, high reward. And I believe a lot of times those types of bonds anymore are more valued as like, like artifacts than the as like they're actually like. Yeah. I know there's a much like there's a big market for like Civil War bonds that are like they are. There are several that have been sold at auction that like technically still could be redeemed for their whatever, but they're, they're way worth more they than get their sold face value. More than yeah, their face value as collectors' pieces. I mean, that's technically like old coins, then, right? Like basically, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's the idea behind it. Yeah. So, but yeah, if six hundred of them were found, the, they wouldn't be that rare. It's like the death and of you, Superman thing, right? Like, so you can't. I just don't see how this guy makes that much money. Why'd you make sass face at me? You used um, uh, Death of Superman instead of uh, adjectiveless X-Men number one. Like, in this house? Hey, Dan. In this house? Dan, what do you know about divorce law? <laughs> uh, it's not cheap. I know that. For whom? Uh, the the most, uh, the, the thing that's most likely to make you not a millionaire in the U.S. is the fact that you've been divorced. Wow. Hey, do you want to just stay married? Sure. Okay. Let's be millionaires. <laughs> let's be millionaires. Let's we be, hate each other. Let's be, each I was about to say, let's be unhappy millionaires yeah, with well, 30 years of unhappiness. I want to just like bequeath my children years of spite. <laughs> uh, so yes, that's one piece. This would not be a particularly good crime. Second of all, you'd have a very hard time redeeming these bonds. Just give a their age and like you'd have to when you want a bearer bond replace which you can do when they don't actually they stopped issuing bearer bonds they became illegal in i think the 80s 
after they blew yeah. up Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but they call it the Nakatomi Law. Yeah. Uh, no, they basically, but in like Nakatomi, which is, I think we talked about this when we did that episode, that whatever that Japanese company was, was probably doing super illegal things. Yeah. Uh, because that's why, why bear bonds, that? I don't think they're technically, the government doesn't issue them and they didn't technically make them illegal for companies to do, but they just made them very tax inefficient. Like you have to pay extra premium to issue a bearer bond now, which mm-hmm. no one ever wants to do because they were only being used by criminals. <laughs> Like Bitcoin. Which is why we should get rid of cash, too, but that's a whole other thing. And Bitcoin. Uh, and Bitcoin. Um, but, yes. Is Bitcoin still a thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just a much cheaper thing. <laughs> yeah. Much cheaper. Much to cheaper. To be clear. Um, so, it would be... Because you'd have to, like... You have to go in. You have to turn in your social security. You have to understand, like, how you found it, how it got damaged. Like, I, like this person would basically have to... They would be under a hyper microscope. Too. Yes, and like whoever, whatever intermediary they use, then like they would track the flow of where they transferred this money There's afterwards. It's just like it's so the many easier forgery crimes. Crime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like even just in the realm of forgery, <clears throat> even like all a you catch me is, if you can yeah, style, say, forge a paycheck, scrape a decal off a model plane. <laughs> well, call plus, it a day. like as I understand it, with forgeries, like having six hundred of them isn't not like, a good choice either. A, isn't a good thing. Like, yeah. well, and these are not exempt from federal taxes. So if your point is to have an intermediary come in with the idea of like, Oh, I actually found these in a cave in Spain. Not like, because this isn't cash where you can go spend it somewhere. You have to get it exchanged with the government. This person would then have to pay a significant amount of taxes the next year. <laughs> like that. You would then, yeah. That you would then like reimburse them for. So you're like, haha, I got away with my like, after tax that might be linked to me because they sent it to my bank account while the federal government was watching them. And I'll need to do this crime again in two years. Yeah, it's like, it's a really, like, and again, this is a fun show. Sure. But just like to make this your pilot to come out and be like, grand crime that we must stop, $250 million crime, it's like, Nah. What's a better forgery crime? It wouldn't be that. That they could do. I was going to say, it'd probably be Lost better. Artwork. Yeah. Which, I mean, they do a they bunch. Do over the show, they do a bunch of real crime, but honestly. They do just, a bunch of real crime? Well, I mean, they like do, oh, they like, like catch criminals in a bunch of different hot white collars, which are, you know, some are forgeries of actual artwork and yada yada, but money. Sure. I mean, just yeah. $100 bills. That's the most commonly forged bill. Like. I guess that makes most sense but if i was gonna forge bills i'd probably forge like tens because like no one checks them you would be much harder to get it's much harder to get caught doing that but right? it's I also you know it will take a lot more resources yeah. we'd probably do something similar to this where it would be like a lower profile bond um but like spread it out and not try to dump 600 of them through like the same transaction all at once. And maybe not antique bonds. Like you yeah. just like print them on modern day paper, save yourself some. Or even or, when I this mean, is like less scarce. And yeah. even make, if these existed, make one of these sell it as a collector's item. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, make some amount of money on that, but like then they can't, like one is not a Way. flood of the market. Like it was floating around. It was found in somebody's attic. Yeah, it all checks so much out. easier to... Like, that's fine. Well, even if you do it in, uh, like, 50 of them across, like, very disparate markets, like, yeah. you know, like, that's a lot 
and you could do those all close enough to each other that maybe somebody connects them that they're all forgeries, but by that time you're in the wind instead of you putting 600 of them out there at once and then going to the government and trying to get your money instead of private collectors yeah. where you say, I have this rare thing that you could buy and display. Well, plus, like, you moved it through a shifty auction house and, like, all of a sudden, like, that movie, go, that money goes dark way faster. Yeah, I mean, it's basically laundered, more or less. Yeah. yeah. So. So if you want to do that crime, that's how. Yeah, the other End thing of is, podcast. The other thing <laughs> is if you want to turn in an old bear bond to the government, you have to get what's called a bond of indemnity, which basically means you take out insurance to the government that someone's not going to show up with the exact same bond tomorrow. Mm. So like, it's just, and you have to pay, you have to pay to do, to get that. Like not the actual full price of what you're getting indemnified for, but it's like all insurance where you pay some amount that they think is appropriate for the risk that that happens. It's like, it's just. Yeah. You're so linked to this crime and there's so many different ways that you go wrong. There's so many ways that you're linked to this. If they can ever prove any one of these is a forgery Ever. And you have 600 of them that you have to do perfectly. Bond? Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, the the ideal crime here is one where you can, like, get in and out real quick with a bunch of money. Yeah. And you leave someone with the, like, fake on their doorstep. As Forgery Austin does. Yeah. An art forgery, at least. Austin does? Austin does. Oh, you said Austin. I was like, who's Forgery Austin? Austin. Forgery Austin, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Forgery Austin does that all the time. But yeah, like do, and again, there's certain episodes where they do this in White Collar, but like forge a painting thought lost in a fire. Yeah. Or lost in, you know, a Nazi raid. Do that. Like that sort of thing makes sense. And there's, again, there are other things you, yeah. Do a bond that's coming due for a company that's been out of business for a few years, but it's still like the company that acquired them is still honoring their bonds or do like, there are so many other things you can do that, especially because U S bonds are not issued in particularly high denominations. They're only, I think up to 10,000 is the highest you can buy last I looked. And that might've been changed and that might have been different historically, but you know, corporate bonds can be much bigger. Like go do one of those and, Basically, the point is, is I like the idea of this show, but for something that had basically unlimited time to research, just because you know you choose the when pilot. you publish it, like pilot season is kind of like it's a, it's a tense time, guys. It feels like it could have done anything something else. Something else, truly, kind of anything. There's a cool show um, that Damon and I have watched on Netflix called Fake or Fortune. That's just these two cheeky British art experts trying to figure out if these like paintings that people have found in their attics are actually like these famous artists. And it's just so fun to watch them like searching through stuff. Like in one, they like find evidence of the painting in a documentary about the painter. Like it shows up in the background of a documentary and they're like, it's real. But like the amount of work that goes into figuring out whether or not this like painting is real. And then you want to do something that involves the government. Well, yeah, like literally the one thing that has, tens of hundreds of thousands of employees some of whose job is to expressly verify to do this. these <laughs> things like they have a whole department to do that like there's so many places you could take advantage of somebody being understaffed and this is not that place this is not that place there's lots of places make some potholes in the road this is the only <laughs> yeah 
You went to the entity that has one of the, I think, nine entities on the face of the planet that has nukes <laughs> and decided to defraud them instead of somebody else. Is anybody else? Uh, well, the show sounds fun, though. Again, it's not a bad show. Charming. It's not yeah, one charming. that I would say is going to change your life, but it still worth, has shark eyes. <clears throat> it's worth a watch. You probably have a considerable more fun time than you did with, with Burn Notice. Burn Notice, because he's agree. got such mean shark eyes. And they, I don't know what else he's in, but they've got this guy. He's kind of a that guy, and I like him in many of the things that he's in. Oh, that's Stanford from uh, Sex and the City. Right. He's I just, love him. He's great. He should be in more things. I like his face and his yeah. weird little voice. Yeah, Matt Bomber was uh, in Magic Mike and is kind of the... Like, one of the things that made me realize that Magic Mike is not actually a movie for women. It's a movie about men enjoying their own bodies. And, like, and, and like there's this weird like. power dynamic there that's, like, it's all about these men. Like, it's really about the business of the strip club and, like, Channing Don't Tatum trying to, like... <laughs> It sounded like you we were gearing should. up for a pitch, and I Just don't so want to do this. Get ready. One. It's real fun. Um, I believe it. But it's it like, it's like it not about. For me. Well, you'd think that. <laughs> but like the previews all make it seem like it's like, just watch all these hot actors strip in front of like a crowd full of lady extras. And like there's two or three scenes that are like that. And most of it is like hard hitting family drama between Channing Tatum and a young man with like evil eyes. And like that's it. And all of the dudes don't give a crap about any of the women in the movie. And you're like, wow. I think that is what stripper life is, though. I guess. I don't think any women strippers give a crap about any of the men in the audience. No, absolutely not. But that's not what I'm there for. You know? Yeah. Like, I think think maybe women want different things out of their strippers than men do. I'm sure that's true. I don't know what either of them are. No. I'm not real into that on either side. No. Well, if it's Joe Maginaginagino... (laughs) <laughs> okay, I need to. I don't know that I know who Joe Maginaginagino is, but You'll I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Right? Yeah. Well, look at that man. He looks like if Zach Galifianakis decided to <laughs> give a shit. Not Zach Galifianakis. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Jason Manzukis. Yeah. He looks like if Jason Manzukis decided to give a shit. Yeah, this explains why I think Jason Manzukis still... is real cute. <laughs> Still, if Jason Manzoukas was like a foot taller and oh, like, and had a, and had a slightly different jaw sculpted from mal- <laughs> from Marvel, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you you can see the resemblance between him and uh, Jason Manzoukas. I think absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Make Believe Money. Uh, go watch Magic Mike. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. Do uh, whatever you want. Do whatever you want. As always, thanks to our composer Charlie Miller for her music. Uh, Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Email us your thoughts, feelings, and a good business angle on Magic Mike at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Okay, bye. You really need to suffer for your art, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>